From the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Menno is in session. And good Thursday morning from the Mercy One Studios in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano here with Gina Knoll. Gina, how are you this morning? Good morning, Deacon Mike. I'm doing very well. It's a little humid, but a little humid, I'm yeah. thankful for all of our contributors here at Iowa Catholic I Radio that they can yes. leave the air conditioning on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got some of our backyard cleaned up the other day. Uh, you know, from, from the, the derecho. Derecho, is that what they call it? And... Um, uh, one of our neighbor's trees fell over on our fence and whatever, and so they came in uh, yesterday, and not yesterday, the day before yesterday, and finally got some of that stuff out of there, and um, they've got to come back and do some tree trimming and taking some of our trees down, which we had already planned to do ahead of time. So, uh, but yeah, so it's starting to look a little, a little more like normal, at least in the Mano backyard. <laughs> yes. Well, they were just through. Uh, on the weekend to pick up all of the debris that the neighbors had of their our broken trees mm-hmm. and limbs and whatever whatnot um, were on sitting on the curbs for the last two weeks mm-hmm. made me think of these poor people down in the south experiencing this terrible hurricane coming oh, through. Yes, our prayers are with them. I can't even imagine. And after the short little episode we had here, you know, the sustained winds for through the night must have been unbelievably crazy. And plus all the water. And then the water, the water this morning, the, the water, damage. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, yeah. and I saw some of the pictures on the news this morning about it. And it's just, uh, yeah, you feel sorry for those people and you pray to God that uh, they'll, they'll get some comfort and some relief down there. But uh, they're going to have days of cleaning up They're going to have sure. a lot of days of cleaning up, just yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I'm interested. Um, I, I, they're, they're wrapping up the Republican convention uh, tonight. What I've seen, what, about three days' worth of it, we saw last week's the Democratic convention. It seems to me like there's a night and day difference between the way they're pre- presenting themselves. Yeah, well, I can't talk to the, speak to that. You know, we were without cable for a day or two, so I missed a But the Republican convention seems to be like on every channel. So mm-hmm. last week I didn't get to watch much, but this week it seems like I'm overwhelmed with it. So it's hard for me to compare the two. Um, but it, I miss the spirit of having the uh, delegates in the assembly. That yeah. part of it seems to take away from. Yeah, I, I'm in, in both of them, the Democrat and the Republican sure. one. I, I'm going to miss the balloon drop. You know, yeah, right. a big balloon drop and the confetti and the bands playing and the people getting up and cheering. But one of the things that I noticed in the Republican uh, convention this week is and and it's and it's funny because they didn't expect it from the Republicans because all the the uh, Hollywood folks are on the other side they they blocked this out very nice and they had speakers that came up and there was no audience there they looked into the camera they said what they had to say and they left and it seemed to me in some respects it was a much easier 
uh, way to to watch the conventions. You didn't you didn't hear the speakers being uh, applauded or or the speech being broken up by applause. Now Mike Pence, when he gave his address, was in front of last night was in front of a live audience, and and a number of times the audience broke in with applause. And having listened all week to these people coming out and talking into the camera about their whatever their mission was or whatever their their view was uh to see all of a sudden now the speaker being interrupted by applause it was almost like it kind of took away from the speech a little bit like i would have liked to have heard the vice president speak the same way the others did but you know and i suppose it's going to be different tonight when the president speaks but he is going to have a live audience like pence had last night Last week, uh, there was no live audience there, which I think um, the the way it was handled was handled a little bit differently there, and I think it left something to be desired. But that's just – that's nothing to say anything about the content of what they're doing. It's right. just the it's way it was presented, and, mm-hmm. and it was a visual. And, and like I say, uh, the uh, party that doesn't have all the Hollywood producers behind it is the one I think did a little bit better job here. And so we'll talk. Go ahead. Yeah, well, will they have a live audience tonight when the president accepts his nomination? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have a live audience. And uh, so we'll see how that goes. And we'll we'll, maybe we'll talk to Dr. Bunsen about that a little bit, see what his view is. I was interested in, you said you didn't see it last night, but um, uh, there were some good speakers there. I I did listen to Pence's speech. Okay. I had it on during, while I was involved in something else. Um, I could listen to him for days. He has such a professorial, yeah. well-spoken yeah. tenor to his voice that it, I, I enjoy listening to him speak. Yeah, quite a um, contrast to uh, the way Trump presents himself. <laughs> I <know>. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's very difficult sometimes to listen to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway. They so. had a nun there in full habit. Oh, yesterday? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and, and she's a, a retired army officer and a physician. and 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 that. now she became a nun. And she was there, full habit, pro-life all the way. It was, I just, I just loved her. Well, of course, I, I love the gals in uniform. Right. <laughs> you know, when they threw those off, uh, that, that kind of bothers me a Th- little bit. This convention def- definitely has quite a, um, an air of respect for life throughout, it throughout its... It does. Um, it does. The young man from Tennessee, who, the Catholic school student who was on the March for Life, mm-hmm. beautiful um, mm-hmm. commentary from him. We'll bring that up uh, with uh, Dr. Johnson. Bunsen here, yeah, because yes. uh, it, it, they seem to be making a play for the Catholic vote. Well, Definite yeah, play that, for the Catholic vote. That does definitely attract me, That's for sure. right, that's right. All right, you have a prayer to open us with? Oh, gosh, yes, I do this morning. It's a prayer for peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of this earth. Turn to your way of love, those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Thank you, Gina. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. We will be back with Dr. Matthew Bunsen from EWTN News right after these messages. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know 
Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq Des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. All right, you're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. I'm Deacon Mike Mano here with Gina Noe. And uh, right now, um, we've got a, a little technical snafu with getting um, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, but I think we're resolving that. Got him? All right. Dr. Matthew Bunsen, who's executive editor of EWTN News, is joining us now. Uh, good morning, Dr. Bunsen. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Greetings just from uh, Washington, D.C. <laughs> just fine. We, you're in the swamp, huh? Yes, I am. It's very swampy. <laughs> uh, you've been following uh, the elections and the campaigns and all of this uh, in your uh, capacity as a as a news person, and I wanted to talk to you about um, how you think that uh, re- religious liberty is going to be affected by this political campaign and by the election that we have coming up. Well, one of the things that uh, we're looking at, and we have seen it now for a number of years, is the, the question of 
protecting religious liberty uh, on a host of different issues. Uh, I'm thinking in particular uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor with the contraception mandate. Uh, I'm looking also now at the, the whole, what you could call, or what Pope Francis calls the gender ideology, uh, especially in light of some of the recent Supreme Court decisions. Those are going to have pretty significant cultural, political, and social impact, and, of course, legal impact. We're already seeing that also from Obergefell. So those are just a few of the issues that I think people who are worried about religious liberty, religious freedom, uh, and also uh, conscience and medical conscience protections are looking at uh, as significant for the next 10 years at least. Um, I take it you have um, watched both the conventions. I have. All right. It seems to me, and I was talking with my co-host Gina here uh, just before uh, we got you on the air, that the uh, the Republicans are really making a really reaching out to to grab the Catholic vote. I think that's very fair to say. Uh, I think they're doing two things especially in the the first couple of nights, um, in terms of uh, key demographics, key voting blocks. The one uh, is the the Catholic vote, as you say. I'll come back to that in a second. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the other uh, would be those who are concerned about things like religious freedom, that that there is an obvious cross-section between the two. The the audience that they're reaching for, as we saw certainly last night with Sister Dee Dee Burns, uh, truly extraordinary. Wonderful woman. Uh, What a resume she has. Well, precisely. Um, a surgeon. Uh, she's a nun, of course. Uh, she's also an army officer. I mean, these are her credentials are impeccable. And it's striking that she spoke specifically about life. So one of the, the things that uh, the campaign is clearly doing is looking at the Catholic vote. That the Donald Trump and his campaign know that he needs the same Catholic vote that he had in 2016 if he has any chance of winning re-election. I would agree. That's that is a significant demographic within the Catholic vote. He may not carry the whole of the Catholic vote, but uh, Catholics who, in our own polling at EWTN News and Real Clear Opinion Research, uh, what we found is that uh, the Catholics who are more concerned about life, Catholics who go to Mass more regularly, for example, are much more likely to vote for Donald Trump. So we have seen these last two nights, the whole convention sort of targeting that one group, as well as those who are concerned about life in general, as abortion is a key issue, but also a host of other family issues, and then the religious freedom side as well. Yeah, and then you mentioned the Little Sisters of the Poor. It seems to me that the other side has come down um, in opposition to them. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, well, the way best to describe it is um, uh, we have seen across the United States uh, once the Supreme Court weighed in on the question of the contraceptive mandate and ordered uh, arrangements to be made between the Justice Department, uh, acting again on behalf, in this case, of uh, the Obama administration or the Trump administration. Uh, That accommodation was achieved, but uh, we're also seeing now on the local level, on the state level, uh, that uh, the progressive movement, as we see in places like Philadelphia and California and New Jersey and elsewhere, uh, they really don't accept that idea, and it's a statement sort of converse or in contrast uh, to the way that the RNC has been playing out, that they see one of their key demographics uh, would be those who are ardent in their support of abortion, uh, who also are ardent in uh, government health care, 
including things like contraception, abortion-inducing drugs, uh, and contraception. It's one of the reasons why we've seen the, the Biden-Harris campaigns now really aggressively speaking to that constituency. How that plays out on the Catholic side uh, is going to be another matter. Yeah, and I wonder if, if in any of your polling research or any of the polls that you've seen, uh, if you know what the breakdown is among Catholic voters as to uh, pro-life and pro-choice, because it seems to me there are a heck of a lot of Catholic voters out there that are pro-choice, including the presidential candidate for the one side. Well, that's right. Uh, Our polling found, uh, and we have another poll actually coming out uh, in just a few weeks um, on the election and where Catholics stand at this point, especially relating to things like the pandemic and social unrest and abortion. And what we found and what polls generally do is that uh, Catholics in general, so a small majority of Catholics, uh, are in favor of abortion. Now, how that plays out, though, is important to note. If you go to the Marist poll uh, that focused very closely on uh, Catholics and, and people across the United States relative to abortion, a solid majority uh, of 90% of Republicans, 60% of independents, and as much as 40% of Democrats favor some types of restrictions or regulations on abortion. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the platform uh, that the Democratic Party has been now unveiling in these last weeks uh, is one that would significantly expand access to abortion. That is likely to become uh, a campaign issue, especially in light of those numbers. Where Catholics stand, it's the same thing. As I was mentioning, there is a small majority of Catholics who typically, uh, in polling, support abortion, but... They are also consistently in favor of regulations and strong limits. Now, that's from a Catholic standpoint, that's extremely disappointing, certainly from church teaching, where the church could not be clearer uh, on the teachings of the church relating to the life and the sacredness of the unborn. Sir, and not everyone has had the experience of um, Abby Johnson. I, th- I think the, the public... Um uh, opinion would change quite a bit if they'd had been in her shoes. Does that make sense? If they actually had have seen or understand what happens uh, through the science of an abortion. And, and, That's right. And in addition, I think most people believe that Roe v. Wade made um, abortion safe, legal, and rare, right? And they're more not so much pro-choice as they are anti-backroom abortions, well, that's right. Now, um, what we have seen certainly in the last uh, 50 years is sort of what I refer to as command of the high ground in terms of language and media. Uh, the, the pro-abortion movement has long been able to utilize very effectively euphemisms uh, and sort of code language for what actually happens in an abortion. For example, the, the recourse to, quote, reproductive health care. Sure. Uh, and tying it to the idea that this is a, a, a universal civil or human right, uh, unless, of course, you're unborn, is the obvious retort from the pro-life movement. So one of the tasks for the pro-life movement has been for some time, uh, and this was the theme of one of the recent pro-life marches in Washington, D.C. and across the country, that science is actually on the side of the pro-life movement, that the more we understand scientifically uh, the development of human beings, an unborn person, 
the more we can make the, the compelling and central case that this is indeed a person. Uh, it is not a collection of uh, cells. It is not a viable tissue mass. All of these euphemisms that are used. Abby Johnson, I think, has the added benefit uh, when she spoke the other night at the Republican National Convention of speaking from the personal experience of having seen the transforming power of the horror of what actually happens. Sure. And I would go back, too, to 2016, and, and I think it was the last debate between then-candidate Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, where he took the unusual step for a candidate of directly challenging the, the idea of a so-called late-term abortion and what actually happens. Uh, that was somewhat unprecedented in exactly the same way that Vice President Pence's uh, debate performance against Tim Kaine was also uh, pretty striking, and just the clarity of language that was being used. Uh, and that, in some ways, helps to even the ground, I think, at least from their perspective, uh, in how we broach the subject of what actually happens in an abortion. The, the other um, interesting uh, concept that I've seen through this pr- particular presidential election this year that I haven't uh, – I've heard uh, the discussion and explanation of the Hyde Amendment uh, very prevalently this year – I haven't really, I haven't heard it talked about since maybe the late 80s, early 90s in congressional and presidential elections. Well, I think that's because uh, it had been largely considered uh, a bipartisan approach to things. That as a country, as a a federal government, are we going to be in the business of using taxpayer funds for abortions here in the United States or with the Mexico City policy and other things uh, globally? Now, the pro-abortion movement sees that at this point there is no reason uh, that we wouldn't do that, and which is one of the significant decisions on the part of uh, Vice President Biden uh, to reverse his longstanding support of the Hyde Amendment. Because he, he needs the support. It's very clear that uh, the Hyde Amendment uh, is an, an endangered species, uh, at least on Capitol Hill, uh, depending upon who controls the, 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 the chambers of power. And what that means is that he has factually voiced his support for getting rid of it. Uh, and we know that there are already efforts uh, to do that uh, on the Hill. So this, again, will be a pretty significant campaign issue. Very important to the religious community, uh, Christians and, and others alike. What are What is in jeopardy in this election right now, Doctor? Well, I think it depends on uh, who you're talking to. Uh, from the, the Democratic side, uh, President uh, Vice President Biden has uh, tried to make the case that uh, the very viability of the, the democratic system is at risk here, that uh, we are facing uh, someone in, in Donald Trump that they see, frankly, as an existential threat. Uh, on the Republican side, especially the, the Trump campaign, they are painting uh, Joe Biden as somebody who is very much beholden now to the progressive movement in the United States uh, and tying him as well, I think, to much of the social and political unrest. So this is uh, very much a sharp contrast uh, in how the two candidates view each other, how the two parties view each other. Uh, and for that reason, this is going to be a very bitter, bitter campaign, more so even than in 2016, where Hillary Clinton not only faced Donald Trump, but also an immensely uh, low approval rating from the average American. 
Joe Biden himself has, has been hovering higher in his overall approval ratings. Um, there are obviously concerns um, about his age uh, and how far he's willing to go uh, politically uh, to hold together what everyone knows is a fairly fragile alliance within the Democratic Party uh, with the, the socialists such as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, who are not especially enamored of either Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Uh, the other thing that I'm wondering about here, we were talking earlier about polls. Do you have any polling uh, that shows the effect of putting a Catholic on the ticket um, with Catholic voters? I mean, are, are Catholic voters out there identifying with a with a particular candidate because he is a Catholic? That's a, it, it's a really good question. And, and one of the things that we're finding is that there really is not a huge statistical difference at this point. Uh, it's a similar situation to the one that we saw in 2004, and how long ago that now all seems, uh, when Senator John Kerry, a Catholic, uh, ran for the presidency against uh, George W. Bush, who was up for his re-election. Uh, it, it is less now, I think, of a significant cultural or political question uh, than it would have been, say, for example, in 1928 with Al Smith, uh, who lost, and not just because of the what everyone was assuming was a booming economy, but also simply because he was Catholic. Forty percent of Americans simply refused to vote for a Catholic in the 1928 campaign. Mm. Similarly, in 1960, John F. Kennedy had to deal with the, quote, Catholic problem. That really doesn't exist anymore. What the challenge now, I think, is going to be uh, for Catholic voters uh, is having, as we did in 2004, uh, a nominee for either party, uh, in this case, Joe Biden, uh, who is Catholic, uh, but who holds positions that are very diametrically opposed uh, publicly to the teachings of the Church. And that's something that uh, Catholic voters are, will obviously be weighing uh, in the face of a host of other issues. I noticed Lou Holtz last night, the um, Notre Dame football coach, called him Catholic in name only. Well, that's a phrase I think that we've heard uh, for a while about um, from different quarters, including Lou Holtz and others, uh, for a number of years uh, relating to Catholic politicians. Mm -hmm. And that's a phrase I think that's not likely to go away. Yeah, and then, of course, there's uh, the other side talking about Republican in name only, too, the rhinos. Um, that's right. There, there's uh, a lot of name calling, there's a lot of name I calling think, in the last couple <laughs> of weeks. <laughs> which, which goes back to my point earlier that this is likely to be a very bitter and ugly campaign, as though it wasn't already. Yeah. So, so I... You've mentioned a number of polls um, in the Catholic community. Are these polls available to the public? Are the results published somewhere? Is this something yes, we can uh, take a look at? Yes, if you go at? to uh, EWTNnews.com uh, slash polls, or forward slash polls, or just go to EWTNnews.com, you can see both of the, the polls that we've taken so far. We are doing four uh, in this election year. So the first was in November. The other was uh, in February, March. And this third poll... Uh, will be released in a couple of weeks, and then we'll have a fourth one just before the uh, the actual vote. How fascinating! I, I'm a numbers person, so I, I can't wait to get. Oh that. yes, I'll, I'll go look. <laughs> the cross taps are, are fun for odd people like me. And, yeah, <laughs> and me. So the, I got I get it. Very good, Doctor. I want to thank you for being here. One of the things I was going to ask you, which you've already answered, it's uh, ewtnnews.com. 
Yes, it where, is. Where you can, you can, people can go find out more information. You get all that information you've been talking about and see what's going on uh, in the EWTN newsroom. We want to thank you for joining us here. We certainly appreciate it this morning, and um, we'll have to have you back again, maybe a little closer to the election when we have a little more uh, definitive polling. Appreciate your Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Happy to be back. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Dr. Matthew Bunsen, Executive Editor of EWTN News. This is Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we will be back in a few minutes. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q. Quick Print for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq-demoin.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. We have a cold front on the way that'll bring some relief from the hot weather by the weekend. In the meantime, it'll be hot this afternoon, mid-90s, gusty wind and sunny. Overnight looks clear down to 70, and then showers and thunderstorms arrive tomorrow with our high near 90, 80s for the weekend. The weather is brought to you by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. And we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And uh, with us now is Matt Lamb, who's assistant editor of the College Fix. You remember a couple of weeks ago we thought, or we, we mentioned that we we're going to start doing a little bit more on the college campuses and following them. And so we have uh, Matt with us today. How are you, Matt? 
Good, good, good. Thanks for having me. I'm actually passing through Des Moines as we talk. Are so. you really? Well, if we would have known that, we would have invited you into the studio and... Yeah. Uh, and and Jimmy, our guy here, would have scrambled you some eggs uh, for breakfast <laughs> this morning. Well, welcome to Iowa. Yeah, we're, we're, you're traveling through Des Moines. Um, I take it you're headed either east or west. Uh, my guess is you're going west. Yep, west to uh, Colorado. To Colorado? Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, because I notice uh, that you have uh, a master's from the University of Nebraska at Omaha, and uh, uh, which you'll be passing through shortly, I suppose. Yep, yep, and that was actually all online, but I live in uh, Indiana near yeah, the Illinois border. So. I know you're in in uh, Indiana now, uh, but the reason why I know that the University of Nebraska at Omaha is I'm a graduate of Creighton, and okay. uh, I've uh, spent um, many happy years in Omaha, um, uh, a few unhappy days, <laughs> but but uh, it was an interesting place, and uh, uh, sometime we get together, we can talk about uh what we remember from college, I think I went there much before you did. But anyway, let's and, get... And uh, Jesuit schools, because I went to Loyola for undergrad. So. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, we have that Jesuit connection. <laughs> and sometimes I don't know whether to be proud of that or not. Yeah. You know, but uh, you, know, you know how that goes. Anyway, I want to yeah. talk to you about what's going on in college campuses. Uh, and there was a couple of uh, articles that uh, uh, came to me through the, uh, the college fix. And uh, they dealt with... Um, college students who are either being censored or self-censored because of their conservative or religious uh, views. Absolutely. Um, so at the College Fix, thecollegefix.com, um, we regularly cover these types of issues. Um, the one I'll start with, since uh, this is Iowa Catholic Radio at Iowa State University, yes. actually there is a uh, professor who told her students that they could not criticize Black Lives Matter, gay marriage, um, or abortion um, in their papers. Um, and she, uh, this was exposed by a great group, Young America's Foundation, which is an um, amazing conservative student organization. Um, and we, of course, covered it as well. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is happening at too many colleges, um, both public and private colleges across the United States. Yeah, it was the next thing I was going to ask you, if this is happening at the Catholic colleges as well. Absolutely. Um, just to, to pick on a Jesuit school a little more, um, this actually happened a few years ago at Marquette. A student, um, some of your uh, listeners may remember, um, was told that he could not um, oppose gay marriage. It was a philosophy class. Um, and I actually, when I was at Loyola, was told similar things, or was hinted that if I took that position in papers, um, that would not be good for my grades, et cetera. Um, this unfortunately does does happen. Um, and, um, you know, in fact, uh, a poll that you referenced um, found that 73% of uh, conservative students um, said that they uh, have withheld their political views in class because they were afraid that their um, they would be punished. Um, they would get lower grades if, if they voiced their true conservative, pro-life, Catholic, uh, free market views. All right, now that's uh, their perception of what will happen to them. In reality, what does happen to them? Sure. Um, sometimes they actually do get they actually do get marked down. Um, at the college, we covered these stories before of uh, students who were punished um, for uh, taking a particular stance in class. Um, and of course, we have other stories of uh, similar professors who have wrote in their syllabus, their syllabus, um, if you're torn as a plural version. Uh, 
what happens if, if you take a conservative view. And, of course, I think this is going to actually happen more um, as uh, groups like Black Lives Matter come to more prominence where professors are basically going to get to define what racism is, right? And so you and I, I'm sure, both abhor racism, and, and no, one wants, no, we, no one should be treated differently because of their race. Um, but racism is not the same as someone being critical of a group like Black Lives Matter, which supports um, a lot of ideals that are antithetical to what we believe. Um, they're against nuclear family, they're pro-abortion, they're pro-Marxism, which of course is an atheistic political mm-hmm. ideology. And so uh, students and parents should be very strong in drawing the line between um, not supporting racism, um, but also, but, but that's not the same as having views that are critical of groups like Black Lives Matter. There's a wide gap between the two. Oh, I thought Gina had something there. She's sneezing. Okay. Um, in in these um, uh, uh, college campuses now, or on these college campuses, we also seem to see a lot of um, prejudice against uh, um, speakers that are coming in that want to speak from a different viewpoint. In other words, uh, uh, a conservative speaker coming in uh, that wants to talk about conservative values. A uh, young Republican club or college Republican club will will want to bring them in. And they're either not funded or uh, they're not protected and they're run off the college campus. Is that is that still going on? Do you still see a lot of that? Sure. Um, certainly the past couple months there haven't been as many in-person events because of everything going on. Um, but that, that definitely still happens. And you're exactly right. And um, <clears throat> it's not necessarily even just doctrinaire, conservative Republicans, it's anyone who voices a position that's not agreed upon by the academy, right, by academia. So uh, uh, Christina Hoff Summers is a great example. She is a self-described feminist. She describes herself as liberal, but she's questioned some of the mainstream feminist agenda, um, some of their uh, claims about things like equal pay and sexual harassment, um, and some of the stats they use. Um, and she's she's been driven off campus. If you yeah, even she, bring she's up written a, a number of things about uh, 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 the way they uh, um, look down on men in today's right. society. How they're putting men down. They're they're turning their students into almost a uh, feminine version of what they should be. Absolutely, and and we cover this a lot at thecollegefix.com. Um, Jordan Peterson is another great example. Um, a fairly mainstream psychology professor. Um, he, he's a great speaker, but, you know, he talks about pretty basic values, responsibility, um, take ownership of your life. Um, but they try to drive him off campus, or they say he's dangerous um, because he said he, he wasn't going to give in to the transgender agenda. And, um, you know, he attracts a lot of young uh, male followers, but there's nothing wrong with that. I think we want men and women to be responsible to... Um, you know, uh, take responsibility for their lives, better their lives, be honest, look out for one another. Um, these are views that any college should want their students to take on. But um, once this idea gets out there, academia, they don't do their research, they just kind of run with it against anyone who holds a, a vaguely conservative or Christian belief. So now you work with uh, quite a few um, college students who write for the College Fix and for their local mm-hmm. um, n- newspapers at their college campuses. Yeah. How, how is this 
and I, for lack of a, it just sounds like another type of cancel culture. How is this affecting them when they feel like they may not ever get a job or may not be able to graduate or pass a class or keep their GPA up just for expressing their opinion on a college campus? Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, we certainly talk to students who uh, tell us, you know, maybe they have a story that they want to say, but they don't want their name used because they're worried if I say my name, I, I'm going to get in trouble with the dean. And we, we've seen this with the Marquette example we referenced earlier. Uh, one of the um, administrators at the school um, basically tried to brush aside his concerns and, and made veiled threats about what would happen to his grades and his, his standing in the school if he, he moved forward with his complaints against the um, instructor. Um, and, but, but really, you know, students, students should be brave. Um, and really, I think it would be great if, if we need some statements of support from colleges. We need more colleges to come out, and some have, and say, you know, um, conservatives have uh, have the right to share their views. There was actually a story we covered, um, I'm pretty sure it was Penn State University, who put out a tweet, and they said, basically, we support our black students, we support our LGBT students, we support our conservative students. And of that list of 10 different groups they named, guess which was the one I got the most backlash. And they actually, I think, deleted the tweet when they said that they uh, supported conservative students. And they just said, we support conservative students, just like they supported, un, uh, you know, undocumented immigrant students, like I said, gay students, black students. But by saying conservative students, they got backlash. Um, and I really think we need more universities being strong. And we need more employers saying, you know what, we want students who are politically involved, who have opinion, who who listen to Ben Shapiro and who listen to Michael Knowles um, and who want to learn about issues. Um, something I remember from my own time in college, and I actually wrote for the college when I was a student, is I'd have professors who were liberal, and this is a compliment to loyal professors, who would say, I didn't agree with you, but I'm really glad you were in my class because I usually don't have students who share their opinions that are different. Most of the time the students all agree, and I need someone, or the conservative students don't speak up, and I'm glad you spoke up so students could hear the other point of view. Well, given the pandemic and what's happened to our um, higher education institutions, so many students choosing not to go back or holding back a year or whatever they're doing to stay out, I would think that colleges and universities who stand up to this sort of um, cancel culture, for lack of a better word, would actually be attractive to a lot of families uh, across the board for their students. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the number one thing to remember is that the student, um, that the university works for the student. The student is a customer. And I think uh, students should really consider going, for going off to, before going off to school, is there maybe a less political less expensive online version, um, maybe you go to your community college. I mean, there's certainly problems at community colleges, um, but I think you generally, I mean, if you're going to have problems at a school, at least go to one that's less expensive, right? At least if you're a community <laughs> college instructor. Just get that um, piece of paper and get out. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing is generally community colleges, I think they tend to draw from a base of people who are working somewhere else. They, they have adjunct, they may have more adjuncts. They may have people who worked in a field and now they're teaching. So they tend to be, I think, a little more open to other points of view. They don't. They're not the tenured, professorial, um, isolated from society. I've seen that, yeah. And that's 
Yeah, and that's something with this Iowa State professor that stuck out to me. If I remember correctly, she had graduated only a few years before. Yeah, so imagine did. you start college in 2010, you get your four-year degree, you get your master's, you get your Ph.D., you teach. You haven't gone out and you haven't worked with people who have different political views. You've spent most of your time surrounded in an echo chamber of other professors, whereas professors I had, even ones who were liberal but who had worked somewhere else or they had consulting jobs or they were on different boards where they were interacting with people who weren't other professors, tended to be the most open-minded, even if they were liberal. And that's fine. We're not against professors being yeah. liberal, but we right. just want open debate, you know? You think maybe we ought to have in, uh, on college campuses an ombudsman for free speech, something like that, that, uh, uh, that has the authority to put pressure on the administration to correct some of this? I think that would be great, but I think, unfortunately, it gets to a problem of all the administrators should be on buzzments for free speech. Just like if, if a student says um, that they were racially discriminated against, say if a, if a professor, you know, you know, said something, a, a racial slur, said something derogatory, or, you know, says, you know, I'm not going to give you a letter of reference because of your race or religion, you know, everyone at the university would scramble and should scramble to fix that situation. In the same way, if, uh, if a student goes into an administrator and says, you know, this professor said that I couldn't write about my views opposing abortion or my views on um, why Christopher Columbus was a great guy, um, that administrator should say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Let me reach out. Let me figure out what happened, and I will work with you to make it right because you are a customer of us. I serve you at you I serve you the student and I want you to feel comfortable here and I want you to feel like you can share your views and not be marginalized for them. The college fix is uh, at thecollegefix.com if anybody needs to uh, get a hold of uh, Matt or get further information and uh, as school is starting now uh, I would imagine you're probably looking for writers on each of the campuses that might uh, be able to provide you with information or tips? How would somebody go about applying for something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you go to our uh, website, thecollegefix.com, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can reach out that way. Um, there's a tab right for us. Our contact info is out there. Send us an email. Um, if any of your listeners have story leads, story tips, feel free to send that to us. Um, we do mentor students. We pay student writers. We'll help you get internships and fellowships. Um, you know, like I said, I was actually a student writer. I went to work for several great conservative groups doing media relations. Now I'm back because I obviously feel very strongly about the great work that we do. And um, we can tell and, you, you know, enjoy it. I, yeah, it absolutely. sound like you enjoy yeah. it. Oh, I do. I do enjoy it. So, yeah, feel free to write out. Encourage your college students to, to reach out. We have tons of topics always to write about. Um, you can write about your school, you can write about other schools, and, and we'll help mentor you, and it's a great way to add to your resume um, and, and make some great connections. It would be nice if we had some stories uh, on the other side about uh, colleges that are encouraging free speech, that are encouraging intellectual debate, and uh, and not bowing uh, to wokeness, I guess they call it now. Sounds to yeah, me like you'd like to write for that too. 
Yeah. yeah, if you know of a school doing something great, let us know, because we like to cover that as well. Very good. Matt, thank you for joining us today. We're all out of time, but we certainly appreciate you having uh, joining us here. And next time you're passing through Des Moines, we'll have you on again. Safe travels. All right. Safe travels. God day. bless. All right. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we will be right back after these messages. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Karbaka, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des moines-dentalassociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Thank you, Skeffington's Formal Wear, for sponsoring Dowling Catholic High School football. In business since 1951, Skeffington's Formal Wear offers quality service, style, and selection, providing tuxedos, suits, and casual groom attire for weddings, proms, and any other special occasion. Skeffington's Formal Wear, with convenient locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Davenport, Coralville, and Ankeny. All locations are family-owned and operated by members in their respective communities, fitting you for life celebrations. Online at skeffingtons.com. All right, this is Faith on Trial on Catholic Radio, and uh, Gina, uh, another couple of great guests we had this morning. Well, very timely, I think, with um, how uh, we talk about this often, but elections do matter, not just presidential elections, but your, your, the mayor's race, your uh, county supervisors, all of these things help develop policies that um, help us all, and if we end up with 
many leaders who have a bias towards those of faith and the traditions of faith, um, it affects our livelihood in the way that we live. And no president can control all of it. So elections do matter. It was good to have Dr. Bunsen on. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, is a lot of people ask about local elections. So what does it matter what their position is in abortion? You know, they're running for county supervisor or they're running. for Sure. The reason why all of that matters is because those are the people that are elected to these lower offices that ultimately move up. They're elected to state legislature and then maybe to Congress. Uh, what was it? Joni Ertz was a state senator. And, a county auditor. And, 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 yeah, she and, was and, and she became, many mm-hmm, different positions. And she positions. became a U.S. senator. And uh, the, the same way with, um, with Governor Reynolds. You know, she was a county official, became a state senator, was picked as lieutenant governor, and now she's governor. Uh, so it doesn't matter about right. some of these things uh, when you have somebody who is uh, running for a low office. They are very but important. But as we noticed, their their values or views do evolve over time, one way or the other sometimes, and you have to stay on top of it. You may have enjoyed them as a candidate and their values at a lower office. Mm-hmm. But as they um, move up the ranks, they may not be aligned with you mm-hmm. politically. Yeah, so it's very important that w- the correct people are chosen for local offices, you know, because that's the feeder system into the national. Um, Absolutely. Uh, uh, and p- and the local. most important thing is be aware. Yeah. Just be aware. Don't be, um, educate yourself on on the issues. Yeah. Now, see, Trump is an anomaly. <laughs> you know, I mean, I he don't just, think he ever held any. Other he office didn't. Ha- you know, he didn't have hold any office. You know, he's a businessman and uh, kind of a playboy, I guess, in a way, and uh, man about town. Uh, but and then he jumped into he was the a, presidential. A bona fide member of the uh, good old boys club. Yeah, for sure. I think he was. I think he was. But he has evolved. I, he has evolved. Um, I, th- I think I heard a speaker at the uh, national convention that said I wasn't a supporter, but he has surprised me. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think a lot of people feel that same way. And we've we've had a lot of people in our past, and w- w- one that I can think of going back a uh, hundred years or so, Chester Arthur, who came out of the spoils system. When he became president, uh, he championed civil service, and he had a complete turnaround, and turned out to be a pretty darn good president. Uh, in uh, as things go back in the 1880s or whatever it was. Of course, he was vice president, and uh, it was an assassin's bullet that put him in the White House. Sure, which th- it's, it's exactly what's happening with some of our professors, mm-hmm. with our second guest uh, mm-hmm. on the college campuses. Some of these um, professors don't ever get out of their circle of liberalism amongst themselves and have never held positions outside of an academia and yeah, who was it that was the writer for The New Yorker that uh, said she was surprised that uh, Nixon won re-election because everybody she knew was voting for McGovern? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's what, and that's what happens. You get into an echo chamber and... Uh, and it does a disservice to our students as similarly um, those same kinds of circles in political circles does a disservice to our country and yeah. our citizenship. Yeah, yeah. you got to open yourself up to all arguments. And, all, you know, and that's what college is supposed to do. Exactly. You know, you're supposed to go there and you're supposed to be exposed to everything, be able to express your opinion, and uh, and then exchange your opinion with other people. And, and for students of faith, it's really important to explore those things. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's important to have professors and administrators that will back that and won't back down. Because I remember uh, a couple of years ago, there were all sorts of conservative speakers that were being brought onto campus, and there was violence, like 
<laughs> you've seen some of our cities Certainly. today. And and one of the one of the reasons why the colleges were then denying them uh, access to the campus is because they could not afford the extra security. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was one in or I- the repairs in, in Iowa State where uh, it was a, a, a local club. They were bringing in a conservative speaker, and they asked for X number of dollars uh, as a security deposit. You mm-hmm. know, now it seems to me it's the responsibility of the university then to say, "Hey, uh, we'll defend this." Yeah. What was it Voltaire said? You know, I may not agree with what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. Mm-hmm. You know. All right, I think Very that's good. about it for now. Uh, let us. Um, and with our St. Michael prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Um, that's it for this week. We will see you next week. And Hans von Spankowski from the Heritage Foundation, who was unable to make it when we originally scheduled him, is going to be on next week, and we're going to be talking about this situation of vote by mail. Excellent. I look forward to it. All right. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients.